Hello and welcome to Super Saturday as a comic book media podcast where each episode we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A and on today's episode I'm joined by Cody Ziegler. All right, well, on with the show. All right, well, this is honestly, arguably, one of the biggest guests we've had on the show. Um, and so big, in fact, that the sound engineer, Daenerys, is making no- noises in the background right now, if you can hear soups. So thank you for having on, Cody. Seriously. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, you know, before we get into our little news roundup, I just want to like, talk a little bit more about what it is that you do. So, Cody, you are the current writer for Miles Morales' Spider-Man. That is correct. You also are working on Spider-Punk. That is true. You also are one of the writers for Cradle of the Creek, Futurama, Rick Uh and Morty. You also (laughs) wrote my favorite episode of She-Hulk. Thank you. Uh, And, yeah, you have a really stacked career. So, round of applause. Thank you. Uh, You you know, uh, it's one of those things where you don't really know. It doesn't you never notice what you've actually done until people actually list it out. And you're like, Oh, I guess it does sound like a lot of stuff. But to me, it's like, yeah, you don't even, you know, I, I never realized what the cool stuff I worked on. So like, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to work, work on um, projects that one, I was super interested in growing up, but also um, I think are good. Like, uh, I think I'm very lucky that I get to work on quality projects that I'm also a big fan of. So like, I'm, I'm very, very blessed to be able to do what I do for a living nice nice of all the things that you've worked on what would you say is your favorite one? Oh man i mean i love them all um i think it's probably i mean it's probably a tie between she hulk because without she hulk i wouldn't have gotten into writing comic books professionally so like um i think it's definitely tied with she hulk because it's just like a great room the, the showrunner jessica gal was so funny um the whole room was funny like getting to write daredevil bring daredevil back into the mcu was super cool um and then futurama just because um i grew up watching that show so often and like being a part of that has just been so surreal like hearing those guys talk about you know back when they were writing on the simpsons with like conan or whatever and being like this is just a crazy this is a crazy like surreal thing to be a part of so i love all my shows equally but i think definitely she hulk and and futurama are like my two favorite tv shows i've worked on okay okay that's understandable uh, so you said that like your work on She-Hulk has really got you to, into doing comics mm-hmm. professionally. Yeah. What was like the starting point with that? Like, what moment were you like, okay, comics? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure it's not too different from you, but like, you know, I grew up reading comics. Like, I think the first comic I ever got, my dad took me to this. Uh, I'm from North Carolina. He took me to this. I think it's called Heroes Con in North Carolina, in like Charlotte, North Carolina. And he got me like Spawn number three. Like I don't know why he bought that for like a five year old kid, but for whatever reason, he bought me Spawn number three. I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, but the the way that I got into like writing comics professionally was that um, the number two in the room, basically the, the second person in charge, whenever Jessica would be out handling stuff, would uh, was this dude named Zeb Wells, who I'm sure you're familiar with and your audience is familiar with. But if you don't know who he is, he's been writing comic books forever. He wrote an amazing Hellions run. He's currently writing. Um, amazing spider-man um 
but we really hit it off. And I just remember being in the room and like on our lunch breaks and stuff, I'd look over and he'd be at his computer and I'd see like, I think at the time he was writing like an Ant-Man thing. So I saw like this huge double spread of like Ant-Man. I was like, what the, what the heck is this dude? He's like, oh yeah, man, you know, I, I write comics and this is just like me getting the art in. I was like, how do, how do I do that? He was like, well, you know, I think you're very talented and funny, but like, let me wait till like your actual script comes in to see how it turns out before I like recommend you to Marvel proper. <laughs> uh, and then like, you know, my, my She-Hulk episode, the script came in and like the, everyone you know and enjoyed it so like he recommended me to um nicolo who's like the editor head editor at the marvel at the spider-man offices he's like hey man what do you want to be into i was like look i want to do two things i want to write spider people and i'm black people and i want to write spider people so like i got honestly two options to choose from between miles and, and hobie he's like well great and from that i got like a 10 page backup i think and Miles Morales number 25 was like my first comic and it just sort of snowballed from there. But I, I wouldn't have had that opportunity if one, I hadn't um, gotten that She-Hulk job. And if I hadn't met Seth, like um, as much as Jessica Gao got me um, into like TV writing proper, Zeb is the only reason I'm writing Miles Morales is because Zeb gave me that shot and gave me um, my get let, me get, let me get my foot in the door. That is fucking amazing. Like in all honesty. Oh, thanks, yeah. Like, I honestly, I love hearing stories that like one small coincidence caused a whole freaking avalanche of just awesome things mm -hmm. happening, everything like that. So that's one of those instances. I think it's kind of interesting how like all of this happened with a Hulk because I, I did my research on you because <laughs> I wouldn't be a good interviewer if I didn't do research. Yeah. And I know you brought up how you went to a comic con when you were a kid and mm -hmm. um, pulled some information and you saw Lou Ferrigno at the comic con, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was walking through the like I was I mean I had to be like six I was so I wasn't double digits yet but like we were walking through like the con and like I remember seeing this huge dude I mean Lou Ferrigno was big but like when you're a kid people look even bigger but I just remember seeing this huge fucking dude and he was getting like his pictures taken and people were paying like twenty five bucks or whatever it's like Dad who is that he's like that's Lou Ferrigno it's like what is who, who is he he's like he used to be the Incredible Hulk he, I was like what what is the Incredible Hulk he's like bro I'm not. <laughs> doing 21 questions with you right now let me just like buy you a comic book so like he, th from that he like picked up like i said like spawn number three or whatever and then a random like jurassic park tie-in comic that i have no idea what it was about it was like issue three or four so like there was no they have comics so, yeah it was like um i think it was i remember what i remember happening is like you're following like these two velociraptors as they're chasing like a wild pig if anyone listening to this knows what that comic book is please let me know i would love to track it down but those are my first two comics was like you a got a mission Jurassic park. <laughs> yeah <laughs> a random Jurassic park comic and like spawn number three okay do you still have any of those comics i i don't have the Jurassic park one or at least i can't find it but i do have spawns i have like a comic rack back there somewhere mm -hmm. and i feel like i have it bag and boarded because i've had it literally since i was like five or six like i have it somewhere deep in 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 my comics dash like i I, I do want to get it, or I do want to track down that Jurassic Park one just because it has sentimental value. For, I know it sounds insane, but I know it just has some sentimental value for me. Honestly, you know, I think I had a couple of different books that have sentimental value that I would not mind tracking down. Uh, like, I think one of my oldest comic books I have from, like, when I was a child was um my mom's, like, ex-boyfriend when I was a kid. Uh, he, like, oh, you like superheroes? Uh, there's this random mm -hmm. comic I found in my attic, and it's, like, new teen titans but it's the drug issue where like robin isn't robin he's like this random hero called the protector and yeah. all this other type of shit i have it like someplace <laughs> but you know uh yeah 
That is freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> so, okay, you know, I got a question for you. Are you ready for some news roundup? I am. Hit me. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, add music and post, damn it. Uh, okay, so, first piece of news that I have for you. Um, like I said previously, I did my little research. Uh, wasn't The Boys one of the first comics you were reading when you got more into comics? It was. Uh, this is like fucking hot ones, like you've done the actual <laughs> research. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, you may know this, but I worked at a... Uh, for a place called, I think, China Walk. I delivered food in this place, this Chinese restaurant in Clemens, North Carolina. And it was right, literally right next to a comic book shop. So, like, I would go out and get my tips, whatever, and go back and read, com- or go to the comic book shop and get comics. Like, I think the first, like, superhero thing I bought was, like, um, World War Hulk or whatever. But I saw this thing for the boys. I was like, let me just see what this is. And, like, you know, it was the first time, like, getting back into comics, like, reading them full time. So, like, you know, I, I got, like, maybe 13 or 14 issues of the boys and, like, I just like did not enjoy that comic at, at all. It was, it is. I mean, look, I, I that comic is just not. I just it does not work for me. So when I heard there's going to be a TV show, I was like, this they're going to put this racist, sexist garbage on the air, and then you watch the show, and it's such a brilliant. It's like on it for me, like it may be the best adaptation of a comic book property, just because the comic books I thought were so um, deeply unappealing and off putting. Um, uh, yeah, I choked down like 13 issues of the boys. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just do not care. I just do not like any of the characters in this book. You know what? I, I, I don't blame you because I remember I got my friend for Christmas like a year or two ago. He wanted to like really get into the boys because he, he loved the show. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I like I bought the volume one of like the collection. And when I bought it, I was like looking through it. I was like reading the first like I think I read maybe the first two issues. And I was yeah. like, OK, I can kind of see elements of the show but i was like this is really just like shock value every single page yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. taking it back i guess but since we're talking about the show did you watch the trailer that came out for the new season i did just see the new trailer for um season season four i believe um i i, uh, I don't think i don't think they do this anymore because i haven't gotten one but i used to host co-host this podcast this like pop culture like comic podcast and they would send us screeners early and i would always be so stoked because i would want to it'd be great because i'd get like season like three of the boys like early like months like a month before it came out so i'd been watching binge watch everything but then like i couldn't have anyone to talk to it about because the episodes wouldn't be out yet so like part of me is like bummed that i don't have that because i can't watch them all in one sitting but also part of me is like happy that i get to like watch it week to week like everyone else and like not have be cursed with knowledge so uh, i'm a big fan of this 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 series um i think uh along with gen v like i just i finished gen v like maybe two weeks ago um (laughs) another brilliant adaptation of a comic from the boys universe which i thought was pretty reprehensible but um i'm excited like i think that they're one of the few um superhero shows that are like doing something that's interesting and also they've managed to like find the balance between like some of like the sort of more fuck you energy of the boys comics but also making it not be completely uh off-putting you know like they found a way to find the balance between it being um a nice biting commentary on like superhero media in general but also having that sort of like tongue-in-cheek dark twisted sense of humor that um i think the show has been done a pretty good job of maintaining for the past i guess at this point four seasons yeah i think the show is really good like it's a really hmm there's so much i can say about the boys i freaking love that show (laughs) yeah like it's very 
cynical, very sadistic, but like it's yeah. in a in a way that's very that's still consumable. Like I I, mm-hmm. I love it. It's really entertaining. I haven't finished Gen V yet. Uh, yeah, I got Gen like, V's great. I really I think you'd really. I mean, obviously, if like the boys, you'll like Gen V, but um, it's one of my. It was like one of my favorite seasons of TV I've seen this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I got another piece of information for you. Uh, Marco Cinchetto revealed some images from the new Ultimate Spider-Man. So another mm-hmm. piece of information I like had over here. Soups, this is our episode of Hot Ones uh, featuring Cody mm-hmm. Ziegler. Uh, so, okay. Another piece of information. Didn't you possibly Pirates Bay... <laughs> the ultimate yeah, Dan comics Slott, Dan Slot hated that answer uh but yeah I when I was in it had to be my sophomore to junior year I think of, of undergrad I was obviously completely destitute and broke and I was a big fan of the Pirates base like it would start small like oh I want to read this issue of you know whatever because I hadn't because I hadn't been able to catch up and um I ended up downloading like every single thing at that point from the ultimate Marvel line. So like truly like ultimate Spider-Man, ultimate X-Men, ultimate Fantastic Four, ultimate enemy, ultimate Wolverine versus like truly literally every single thing that was published in under the ultimate Marvel comic line. I, I read like even like the weird first like short story where New York Fury shows up and he doesn't look like Sam Jackson yet. Like I read <laughs> every single one of those things like, <laughs> I read every single ultimate like comic thing that, that i could and i did honestly i did the same thing with deadpool like i read every single appearance of deadpool even the like weird pseudo crossover you had with like in the and and like bat and some like random batman and superman team up where like he fights slade wilson and like I, i've truly truly read everything like that's how i got into comics proper and like now i've sort of made it up by spending all my money on comics and, and all that stuff but like truly like it, it what got me into like comic books as a whole was like the ultimate line like i like to me it's still like i read ultimate before i read 616 and like that to me is still like sort of my defining superhero take on characters um i reread ultimates one and two recently and like they sort of parts of it show their age but some of it really holds up like i had that i still haven't seen too many comics that like feel like you're watching a movie like some of those double spreads in ultimates one or two is like just sort of breathtaking like like oh this seems like a widescreen comic like it, there's some really cool stuff going on um in that universe and also ultimate spider-man was like obviously like i really latched on to that honestly the ultimate universe one of the things i really loved about the ultimates because i've only read ultimates one and that movie really reads like a summer blockbuster like it's the year is night between 1997 to 2003 and we're talking summer blockbuster, Brad Pitt, all that type of shit. Like that's the type of shit that mo- that that not movie that book was giving, and I loved it because I'm a type of person who loves early two thousands type of stuff. And just sitting down and reading that was a fun time. I think my last time reading it was like a couple years ago. Uh, and I also really liked Ultimate Fantastic Four a lot. Uh, the first couple of storylines and everything in there. Uh, seeing uh, the MCU really take inspiration from the Ultimate Comics for like the first phase or everything was actually really fun to see, especially because I was like growing up with it at the time, I guess. And uh, even watching the Ultimate Avengers movie was pretty cool too. 
So my question was, uh, with the new emergence of uh, Ultimate Comics, the new imprint and everything, is mm-hmm. it going to be something you're going to be reading or something you're like really interested in looking into? Yeah, I would. I would love to read some stuff. It's one of those things where, like, I right now because I just have so little time to like read comics. Like, what I'll usually do is I'll usually buy like the number one, um, just to give them like the sales, or like if it's like a friend that's doing it, just like show them some love. Or if I have a friend that has like an, a comic, like an issue or something coming out, I'll, I'll buy it. But like, what I'll do now is like I just ha- just for like book shelf space, like I'll just have to wait for like a trade paperback or an omnibus just to like save space because there's just like. I just like you know you know as you go to comic book shop you leave with like five or ten books and now I like have all these books taking up space and like I think I just have to for the sake of myself and the sanity of my girlfriend to like not have my place stacked with comics so like I am super interested in checking out this Ultimate Spider Man I'll obviously probably buy the first issue and then I'll wait till like the trade comes out or it's on um, the Marvel the Marvel Unlimited app and and read it read it there. Honestly, same. I love Omnibuy just for the same reason. I like having yeah. like the full story there and also just mm-hmm. like less space, all that type of shit. Yeah. Uh, digitals for me, like I've gotten better about reading digitals uh, primarily just for the show because there's times where either A, I can't order the book or either B, I don't got the time to go to the library and get like the physical book. So, okay, I'm going to go on and just, like, go on my library Hoopla app or either go on the prospective company's website and just, you know, read it. But I just, I don't know why. I just like physicals better. It, like, holds my attention better. I don't know. Maybe it's the ADHD, but (laughs) I don't don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, also, it's just nice to have it on, like, your actual bookshelf, you know? Like, it's it's nice to, I don't know, I, I do, I mean, I like physical media. Like, that's, I mean, everyone says buy physical media, like. I'm sort of stuck between two worlds. It's one of those things also I think when I move out of my apartment and get like an actual house, I'll probably just have a room dedicated that I can put all this stuff in, you know, like and then actually have like an actual like wall of um, comic comic book, um, comic books and graphic novels and stuff. I would love that. That honestly seems like the dream is having a whole library <laughs> and everything. Uh, yeah. I also want to get one of those like scanners that like has like a whole digital mm-hmm. like, li- yeah. like library so I can know what you got. Yeah. But, all right, so that is it with our news roundup. So, all right, so let's look at our first piece of conversation that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about your work on Miles Morales. Now, I've read yeah. the first storyline uh, mm-hmm. of your run so far, and I got to say, I really love how, uh, trying to figure out the words to say this, but you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to say it. I love how black it is. I <laughs> love how blackity, black, black, black it is. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of a breath of, breath of fresh air. Because um, prior to this, I was actually talking to someone else from a different podcast. And we were just talking about how it's really great to see black characters having a voice that feels very true to them. Mm, uh, yeah. And sometimes that's something that may be lacking depending on the writing mm-hmm. team that's that's behind them. And yeah. I just loved seeing that, especially Miles' use of slang and then all the other um, black characters that used the slang and everything like that. Mm. So my question for you was, um, was it easy to like come up with Miles' voice and come up with the other characters' voice while you're while you're working with them and everything? Uh, thanks. Yeah, that. Thanks. First of all, thanks for that compliment. That's really really nice. I really appreciate that. That's something that I was also sort of aiming for is that to bring that sort of authenticity to to Miles' speech because he is a six year old black puerto rican kid and from brooklyn so like he i think he probably drops his g's uh when he when he says certain things but yeah um you know 
it's such a boring non non good answer she's like i just write him how i talk to my friends in our group chat it's like you know like it's just like you know it's like that's how me and my cousins talk like maybe we don't say nigga as much as we could in the comic but like you know that's or in the comic which we do in real life but like you know i, I write miles like how i talk to my friends and like it's um you know i think editorial has been really good about letting me do that um sometimes you'll get back like the pds with like notes and you're like what does this mean like oh this is what this word means or like um I can't, there's something I can't remember what there was some line there was some word in the first one that like um, I think I said he, he's him or something like that. I had like something like that like and they're like what does this mean I was like look this is what this means so like they're really good about like letting me explain stuff but it is fun being like oh this is funny fun time funny sometimes being like oh yes like I think everyone on my editorial staff is is definitely white so like they don't understand some of the slang but um, yeah the, the 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 answer is like I just write them how how I talk to to my friends like my black friends and cousins and stuff and like I'm sure it's the same way like in group text people talk a very particular sort of way and like um, you know that's how Miles that's how I like have Miles and, and his and his friends particularly like Starling or even like even like Genki and Judge and stuff like they talk like that because that's how I talk and like even though that that's still not close to like how 16 year olds talk like my my girlfriend has a 16 year old daughter and like she talks completely different than like I did when I was 16. So like if I put the way that she talks in there, like I would just sound like an old man. Like that would just totally sound like, Hey kid, hello. What's up? My fellow high schoolers. Like I would just sound like such an old dude. Not Steve Buscemi. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hello, my fellow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, you know, I, I, I one of the things that really had stood out for me was uh, utilizing Misty Knight in there. Oh, thank you. Um, and you know, I love Misty. Like, I love Misty not only because I think I always liked Misty, but I think what really caused me to like her a little bit more was the, the Luke Cage Netflix show, and then me had going back and like learning more about Misty and everything. But just like the way that you wrote her and just wrote the way that she's interacting with Miles is just great. I even liked how uh, Miles was like, "Yo, yeah, let's team up," you know, because. It's really cool to see another black hero. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, if I was a superhero, yeah, yeah I probably would say some shit like that. And um, just like, just the comedy. Like, <laughs> you're really good at writing and juggling the comedy. So my question is, when it came to adding Misty in there, uh, I know that you said previously um, on a different interviews, when you came on this book, you wanted to see Miles interacting with more black heroes and everything like that. Was Misty your first pick for this first arc? Misty was always at the t I think even in my initial pitch talk from like two years ago Misty was probably the first name I think I think originally I pitched I mean honestly I went kind of overboard it was like Misty and Luke Cage and fucking Bla it was like so like basically every black superhero I was like Miles needs to hang out with them and then my my editor was like you should probably pick one and then have the others like show up eventually when they want to like that's why Miles and, and Brielle um showed up in this sort of last arc um another reason that I had Blade and his daughter Bloodline show up is that when the comic was first announced, like I guess two years ago, uh, I was on a comic con panel in New York with um, Eve um, Ewing and 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 um, a bunch of other awesome dope creators. But like the creator for Bloodline was on that, and they had a a really beautiful story about like what Bloodline meant to them and all that stuff. And I was like, if I'm going to get Miles, like there's no way that I can't not try to give this character like a little little shine. So like that's where. Brielle and Blade came from, but Misty Knight was always there at the beginning. Like I love that character. Um, I think it's a character that um, can sort of scratch a bunch of itches. One, she's a street level character, and like 
and my initial pitch for Miles was always bringing him back to street level stuff. I think that um, between the the Spider Verse movies and Alex Saladin's run, like he had so many like just fucking cool big stories with like Miles going to the future and fighting like his evil clones and like all that super, all that cool stuff that I was like I I I I, I it's gonna be very hard for me to top that. Um, also, that, that's not naturally like where my brain goes when it when it comes to like Spider Man stuff. Um, so like I wanted to give him grounded, make him more grounded, but also I wanted to bring in like a black mentor for Miles. I think it's very important for him to have that. And Missy just seemed like the perfect person for it. Um, um, at the time, I didn't know that I was going to necessarily give Miles like uh, the Venom Saber, the, the the electricity sword, but I knew that I could have Misty and by extension Colleen sort of scratch the itch of like giving Miles um, martial arts training because I knew I wanted him like to sort of change up his move style and make it a little bit different from the other spider people. Um, so like that's sort of where, where Misty came from is that like I thought she'd be great. I thought she'd be really fun. And she also um, also scratches the itch of being a detective. Um, you know, I think that um, with Miles's unique power set of being able to turn invisible and it seemed like a pretty one-to-one or like a pretty um, pretty easy accentuation of that. And like, oh yeah, it would be cool if like a Spider-Man was like a detective and like he could learn skill sets from Misty. So like, that's what it all sort of stemmed from. But like, yeah, I always sort of had Misty as like the, the go-to superhero that I wanted to team Miles up with when we were first pitching this book. Dope. I think Misty was a really good choice, especially because like, I don't think that would have been like... Um, I wouldn't have been my first like thought to have Misty team up with Miles, especially w- bringing him back to being street level. My first thought would have been maybe Luke Cage or something like that. But utilizing Misty was really, really cool. Uh, my next question for you was like, was there a lot of pressure that came into like hopping into like Miles Morales, uh, do, like this big of a character? Miles Morales has a character. Like, it's uh, it's. It's so, it's so, it's so kind of, it's one, it's like, it's, it's cool and challenging, but like, because there's like now, like Miles is like, for many people, he's like, he is Spider-Man. There's like the, the, the movies, like the video games, like there's so much like cool stuff that like Miles has been doing and will continue to do. Um, um, like what I want to do with Miles is like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this in your research as well, that like. I've definitely been leaning into like the the manga anime of of this like definitely the i think i've seen a couple people call him shonen man which i we've been calling him in the in the spidey offices because it's just a funny it's a very funny thing to peg miles as but like i definitely want to lean more into to that aspect of it um i definitely want to like continue building out his um rogues gallery i think another thing saladin, saladin did was saladin did was um give him some really fucking cool villains like with stature the especially the accessor um who put miles through it um even like shift and and selim were like really cool so like, i want to keep doing that but um like you know rabble is definitely the the one that i'm like really interested to see like how their relationship develops over the rest of my run um like you know i i, I I sought out to sort of give this, give him like his, his, like, you know, his sort of like green goblin, like the, his, his like arch enemy. Um, and like, as we've been writing more Ravel stories, it's been cool watching how she has evolved and how 
that their dynamic of the relationship has sort of evolved as well. Like, I think I definitely want to see Miles um, confront maybe someone who, you know, I think every Spider-Man is always like, I can save everyone. I can do, do both. Like in the um, in Spider-Verse where when Spider-Man India, like I think the, the quintessential like Spider-Man trait is like when like the bus is going over and like, you know, um, that that Gwen that Gwen Stacy's dad that version of Gwen Stacy's dad is about to get crushed. He's like, I can save both. Like I think Miles is going to have to grapple with like the idea of like you can't save everyone and like how do, how do you approach a villain who does not want to be saved at all and actually wants to actively hunt you down. So like that's my long winded answer of saying um, I definitely want to lean more into like the um, the like shown in like uh like early early like Goku and Vegeta when Vegeta's like yo I'm not here to be your friend I'm here to fucking put you in the ground like. That's what I'm most excited to sort of like explore with this next 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 miles miles issues. Okay, okay. Okay, so I noticed that you touched on the video game and the movie. So if you had to choose, mm-hmm. which ones would you like more? Ooh, dude, that's a hard question. Um the movie, I mean, the films are so fucking good. I mean, I think I mean I I, I love them both equally. I think they're great, but I think I got I mean I, Spider-Man 2 was clean. Like that was a clean game. Like Don't look, spoil I'm it. you know I didn't play it yet. Have you beat like I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just letting you know that I kept the streets clean. Like that is the safest city on the block right now <laughs> under my watch. Um that's that that game is so fun, dude. Like have you have you played it at all or have you haven't touched any of it? I have not touched any of it. Like I'm honestly surprised okay. that like I have been able to avoid a lot of spoilers. The, the couple yeah, of them got spoiled, okay. like the whole Mary Jane scream thing. And then mm-hmm. like some stuff that like if I use my brain, I can already figure it out. But then for the most part, yeah, yeah. didn't really get spoiled to a lot to a lot of things just yet. Oh, uh, good. Well, look, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like it's a great game. Um, It's a great Spider-Man story, but also it's a great Spider-Man Miles Morales story. Like it's it's great. You're like that. That to me is so much fun. Like even now, still, I'll just like put on some like. 90s hip hop and just like swing around New York as Miles. It's it's clean, dude. Like that's a that's a that's like probably my favorite. Excuse me, that's probably like my favorite like Spider Man property. It's just like the spot the Sony Spider Man games are so fucking good, dude. Okay, okay. So game over the movie or same level? Same level. I mean, I'll, I mean, look, the the movies are fantastic. I cry at every single Spider Verse movie, but um, I think as far as like because I get to physically play as Miles, I think that's why I got to give the game just like a little bit of edge okay okay so okay my next question real quick going back to what you were talking about with rabble mm-hmm. how did you come up with rabble because in all honesty like i was i really loved seeing her character unfold and then her backstory it was very it was a very real backstory very real and then it also was very sad and kind of tragic in a way but it also it made a lot of sense yeah thank you um thank you, dude um it, you know, it was one thing that I, did you play the first Spider-Man Miles Morales game at all? Uh yes, I did. Okay, cool. So, like, I what I loved about that that game, besides just being cool, is that like they um they gave Miles a um a villain that was his age. Like he he gave you know the Tinkerer was Finn was like Miles's friend who was his age and was very smart and like i like that angle i like the idea of giving miles like it's for most miles it's like him fighting like 30 year old men you're like why is why does this dude got beef with a child like this is so strange to me like this grown-ass man who plays bills like is beefing with this with the high schooler like what's good dude you can't do nothing else like i thought that was that always <laughs> struck me as just so strange that like 
why is Hobgoblin beefing with this child? It's so weird. Um, it's like I wanted to give him like um, uh, uh, someone his age that was a villain and also someone that was a, a woman. Because um, I feel like you don't see that many villainesses as like the main like arch enemy or whatever. Um, but it was born out of, um, you know, it's as politically as you can get in like a big two comic. But like, yeah, you know, it's like it's kind of fucked up that like kids have to flip a coin to get their future um to have their future decided with like going through like a lottery system and even bendis touched on that in like his initial pickup with miles like um i think i can't remember the line but like i think he says like it's it's not fair it shouldn't be like that or whatever but like i i he, i have miles say that again in like the issue five when they fight when they sort of hashing it out but like she was born out of that it seemed like a natural um um homage to like to finn and the tinker um with like the color palette and like being a sort of a tech-based hero but also, there's something tragic about being like I, this is a joke that I always talk about with like with like other comic writers. But like besides like super strength, like being super smart is like the most dime for a dozen power in like Marvel. Like of like the, I think Marvel always puts out like the ten smartest, most brilliant people in Marvel, and like of the ten, like half of them live in Manhattan alone. I'm like, you got Tony Stark and like Mister Fantastic and Bruce Banner and and Peter Parker, and like yeah, who cares? Like if you're a genius, like the whole sort of tragedy of Renim was a rabble her street name Renim um is that you know if she could have won that lottery in her eyes like she could have been the Riri Williams like she could have like the only thing separating Riri and Renim is that you know access is that like you know Riri had access to, to, to privilege or to, to to resources and like Renim doesn't like you know her whole sort of driving driving motivation isn't that like miles won the lottery over her like that's what sort of sets it off but the whole idea is that like her parents like sacrificed everything to get her over here and like she her whole her whole in the bargain was like i'm going to be a good daughter to like to for you to succeed and like she was sort of robbed for that so like the whole sort of like another sort of tragic angle is that like this is all just her projecting on the miles like she's not you know she's she's mad that he won but it's really what he what it represents is that like this kid got all these fucking opportunities that were, that could have been me. Like it could have gone for my family. And like, I think a lot of that is built out of like, you know, commentary on a system that pits kids against one another to have a good future. So like, um, I feel like I, I my eyes rolled in the back of my head. I feel like I zoned out. I hope that I'm, I'm answering your question, but, um, yeah, like that's, that's where, where Renin come up, came about. And also it's just nice to have a fucking hater. Like it's just nice to have a villain that's like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> you you gotta you gotta take this L like this, you can't talk you can't talk your way out of these hands so like uh, that's also like a fun a fun thing to have you know and like I, I don't know if it'll ever happen I'm sure it will but like in, in you know I'm sure there'll be some storyline where they have to team up against like a bigger bad down the line and like that'll just be fun like it truly is just like early like Namek level like Vegeta hater hater energy like that's what I'm trying to channel in in Renim honestly uh, I I've talked about this on other episodes with other guests. My favorite type of villain are the petty ass, hating ass villains. <laughs> like last episode, um, we built our own Suicide Squad teams with mm -hmm. Yes. If you haven't listened to the episode, go listen to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and like one of the tangents was me. Um, I don't remember if I left it in the episode or if I cut it out. I don't remember. But uh, it was me just like telling Yes uh, about like how with the shit Norman Osborn really was. Because like, yeah, yeah. like you have to be like a next level of hater. To get so mad over a hero or a character fucking up your shit. So you're like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to follow you like 10 stories, like, you know, 30 stories up, though. 
yeah, just yeah. so I can see who the fuck you are. Like something yeah. about that. I I, yeah. I, I love hating ass characters, especially yeah. Doctor They're Doom. Fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's like also it's just like what comic books are. Like it's 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 for me anyway. Like I like giving characters like pathos and like you should be able to relate to Renim on a level. Like I think there are probably people like who can relate to the idea of like yeah, it's kind of weird that like. We have to pit all these black and brown kids against one another to get like the chance to go to a good school that's not dog shit. But also, you're like, well, maybe you shouldn't blow up his his family's uh, house. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, you know, to to get your anger out. Maybe that's not the answer, you know. Yeah, L- like she had the right thought at first. Like this is yeah. a problem, but the yeah. execution—that's exactly, where your yeah. problem was. And I yeah. just love seeing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was your writing process when it came to starting your miles run? Like, did you have to map everything out or did you already have like an idea going in there? My writing process, it's, it's, um, you know, I can't remember if I told you about this when, when we met at Detroit, but, um, Zeb gave me, Zeb Wells gave me this fucking brilliant breakdown for how he writes comics. And, um, when he introduced me, when I told him that I was getting miles, he's like, dude, say less. I got, he didn't say say less because he's, you know, he's a white guy, but he was like, Dude, I got you. Um, here, check this out. And he sent me this fucking beautiful email, um, just like breaking down his process. And I, one, I sent it to every single person I know that writes their first comic, and I still literally use it every day to this day. Like, um, I'm gonna finish writing some miles after this, and I'm still using this exact process. But long story short, like he he, he has this system that I still use to this day. So like. For, for Miles, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to do like a five issue arc and he sort of gave me his breakdown for how he approaches five issues arc issue arc, which is like open like the first issue, like a big fun day is normal. Like you fight and then you, you run into like a random villain, maybe Scorpion or whoever. And, uh, you know, you introduce you end on like a big fun cliffhanger issue two is like sort of like, you know, trying to figure out what happened. Maybe like a little bit of a side fun adventure. And then issue three is when like you realize what the story is going to be about. And then issue four is like, you know chasing to the to, to to like to like you know disarm the bomb and then issue five opens with the bomb going off like that's basically what how he broke it down and like i sort of used that but like going in i had i think i had like five rough outlines and then as we went along things changed dramatically like i think originally like i i feel like there's a lot of like you saw a lot of like rabble like you know, plotting and like using her hologram to say, I'm gonna go after this character, but you never saw her actually getting busy. So like my my editor was like, you should just have her like just pull up on someone. I was like, all right, well let's have her and <laughs> her have her and like just, just, let's have her, let's have her like let's have her run a fate on Starling and see what's going on. So like that's where that came in. And then also like Starling was unbothered by the way. That that's the part that's the part yeah. that really got me. Like oh, she was not giving a fuck. <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, I think you think you know how to different. I think you, you usually use like little criminals. I'm a different, I'm built different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the major, the major hall was that I think issue three is like the big flashback. I think it opened, that's when it opens up with the flashback with um, Renee, you learn about her, but originally that was going to be issue four. Mm-hmm. But we're like, that's so fucking late in the game. And also, like, why would you wait to the end to like find out who this character is? Like, that was the only big difference, but you know a lot of it was just like sort of filling out as it goes along like i didn't have miles getting a sword in the original outline until like maybe i think maybe halfway through issue four and i was like wouldn't it be fucking cool if you like got like a new power because i was sort of thinking of it as like um an anime or or a manga where like 
characters get these new powers like when they're pushed to the brink whether it's going super saiyan or like you know learning a new power set because you know they've had to push past their limits or they've um you know, there's someone that they love or whatever is in grave danger. So like, that seemed like a pretty natural end for me. And also Miles already has like, you know, it originally started as like, you know, bio little shock thing. But like over the years, because he's been around for 12 years, people like, yeah, let's evolve this. So like now he just has have he's always had like sort of full fledged, like bioelectric, bioelectric powers for the past couple of years. Um, so I was like, it seems like a fun, like a fun, like extension of that. And also like, it'd be fun to just like write. A spider-man with the sword like it'd be cool to write like a running kitchen spider-man um you know everyone knows with, with like the whole thing with like peter parker or any spider person that they have to pull their punches like that famous um um superior spider-man issue where like fucking peter just like punches off the jaw of 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 scorpion and, and doc oct who was taking over spider-man's body is like oh shit i know he had I don't know. I didn't know he was walking around with this. Like I, he has been pulling punches. I should be dead. Like everyone that fights Spider-Man should be dead. And like I thought it'd be a fun way to like sort of embody the idea of having to pull your punches and also just get some fun action sequences because uh, the artist Federico Byzantini also is a huge fan of like manga and anime. So like it just it just seems like a fun and different. Also like if they're gonna let me fucking write this book for however many years, like I might as well like have as much fun doing it while I can and then. Whoever takes over can like either keep that or throw it away. But as long as I'm driving the ship, he's using the fucking sword. So like, <laughs> you know, like you got to choke it down. And um, they were, it turned out really fucking cool. Like Marvel offices loved it. They're like, oh, this is this is uh, my editor Tom was like, I this is crazy that you're just writing a, a fucking shonen comic book. Uh, uh, it's really fun. But um, that was yeah, like the outline phrase was like the rough beats, but like the actual process, like. It's just, I was just finding it as I was writing it, like besides like the major beats. But um, that would I will say that probably that first five arc were, are the most thought out the arcs have been outside of like loose stuff, just because things are always changing. Like originally, after 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 that issue five, originally it was going to go straight to um, what became the Blade and Brielle sort of story, where originally it was like. Miles moves into like a new apartment. He's got like a weird neighbors, like a villain or whatever. Then him and Miss Marvel are the ones that actually like do the superheroing stuff. But then, you know, they fucking killed Miss Marvel. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not using her for a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, things like that. Things like that change. But um, yeah, that was the, pretty, the, the, the most basic process was like, you know, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what's cool. And then also writing stuff that I think would be really fucking hyped to see as like a six year old kid. You know, it, it, it's really funny that you're talking about uh, manga and anime and inspiration and everything because mm-hmm. I just remembered you, you based off information or me just because I follow you on socials uh, mm-hmm. and I noticed you post about mangas and stuff like that sometime and I'm, I didn't make the dots or connections that that was mm-hmm. an inspiration for uh, your writing on Miles as well too. And mm-hmm, it's funny yeah. that you're mentioning this because when I was at work and I was uh, reading, uh, just reading the first story arc. Yeah, uh, I was sitting there with my coworker who, uh, and also a really good friend of mine, Blake. Mm. You listen to the show, hey Blake. Uh, so he, uh, I was sitting next to him, and he was, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I was like, you know what, nigga, this is, um, this this is like really kinetic art wise, and mm. it's mm. giving anime like, or yeah. am, am am I really like, am am I seeing this correctly? And then he looked mm. over and he was like, yeah, I could kind of see it, and I was thinking about the sword, and I was like, hmm. I did not connect, <laughs> did not connect the dots. Didn't connect the dots oh, yeah, until afterwards. Yeah. 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 I mean, the artist Federico, we had a um 
after like the first arc that we did, I just I always try to do this with every artist I work with, but I just send them an email, be like, yo, great work. This is fantastic stuff. Like, let me know what you would be excited to write. Like, what makes you happy? Like, what makes you excited to like draw stuff? And he's like, hey man, this is great. I love what we're doing. Like, I love animation. So like I try to draw stuff in like an animated style. Um, whereas like um you know, I think if you I think if you took some of those pages from those first arc and like made like an actual animated sequence, you would see some of the you would sort of see what sort of Federico is trying to do. Like I keep thinking to maybe it's issue three or four. There's like this double spread where it's like the first time that Raneem fights um, Miles and like she like kicks his ass and then like blows him up and like throws into the close him into the river. But like I think in the actual comic, you like you sort of get the hint that she's like throwing her like um hard light javelin but like in animation like oh i would see how this sequence would play out and like mm. that's what brings federico a lot of joy particularly in like these later issues um i was just talking with uh, my editor tom the other day about how we're at the point now where like federico sends his art in and we're like yeah we got no notes to do like keep cooking like we got we got nothing to add to this like there's some real cool shit that he does um and issue i mean all these issues but like particularly issue 13 there's one panel in particular that's just like straight up from like you know you hawk the show it's just like it's just federico having the most fun and like i think it's sort of we sort of lucked out in that we're both heavily inspired by that medium and that art form so like this is sort of us this is sort of like the um i guess the snake eating its tail like it's sort of like how like you know westerns and 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 inspired um samurai movies which then inspired more westerns which then inspired um star wars so like it's like one of those things where like manga inspired us and then it inspired these comic books that go back to inspire manga so like um it's 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 just been so fun to like let marvel let us let us like experiment with this style of storytelling honestly that is fucking awesome uh you know what i want to move and ask you some questions about spider punk okay (laughs) so okay number one before I even laid eyes on your work with Spider-Punk. I found out right after seeing uh, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. I found out through a TikTok video that there was a playlist <laughs> that was inspired by Spider-Punk, created by the current writer. And it was a vi- <laughs> it was a viral TikTok, might I add. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Let me listen to this. Okay, this is great. This is this is some, this is fire. Wow! Yeah, thank you." And then, come to my surprise, I found out that the current writer of Spider Punk was black because this was before I knew. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I love that." So, I, when I was doing research for this interview, I also noted that uh, you were a huge fan of punk punk music. So um, when creating this playlist, was this the playlist you listened to throughout the entirety of you just writing Spider-Punk and everything? Yeah. So the playlist came about out of two things. Um, the main thing was like, I, as soon as I got the call from the editor, Danny Kazam, he was like, Hey man, do you want to do Spider-Punk? I was like, yeah, you can He's like, do you, would you want to do this? I was like, dude, you came to the right guy. Like I played in a bunch of fucking shitty punk bands growing up. Like, yeah, I, I got this. So like, the first thing I did was I immediately made like a playlist of like, I think it was like 50, it was like 50, 60 songs, just stuff that I could listen to while I was writing to get inspired. Like I go on runs or workout or whatever, and I'd be listening to it. And um, through the process, I was like, Hey, Danny, would it be, would you guys be into like, you know, just like making like a curated playlist. It could be like a fun, like free thing for like fans to like, just enjoy it. And he's like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So like 
it eventually got whittled down to like seven ish songs per issue. I think it's like 35 total, but it came out of like just what I listened to a lot of it was a mix of like stuff I listened to growing up, um, just to get inspired, stuff I listen to now. And it's like some of the sort of newer things that I listen to. Um, and truly, like we made it just for like for basically me and 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 the artist Justin and the colorist Jim and, and Danny and like, yeah, fans will listen to it, they can listen to it. And like, you know, when it came out, like we had maybe couple hundred like likes and then when spider-verse came out it went from like to life i went truly went from like 200 likes to like ninety thousand in like uh, uh three a days like what the fuck is going on like my friends are sending me like that sending me i think that same tiktok like some like yeah the creator of spider punk or the writer of spider punk made this playlist i'm like this is crazy and then like got to the point where like they um i guess spotify had made like an official playlist or whatever so like they kept changing my name and taking the art it was, it was just a whole strange thing and then like now if you type in spider punk playlist you see like a dozen like copycats from the <laughs> one that i made it's very strange it's so weird but like um i've gotten a lot of like really nice compliments sort of like how you're as you as you said but like it's been a nice um i created one out of inspiration but also as like a nice like sort of gateway drug to like punk music as a whole mm-hmm. um i think it i think you know without tuning my own horn i think it is like a pretty good job of covering a sort of uh a decent selection of punk especially what i was listening to which is like the main thing and um we we're sort of i'm like halfway through spider punk 2 right now and like we do have another playlist for that and like that'll drop when, when when that comes out so um you know hopefully people will still enjoy it but yeah like it truly just came out of music that i was super excited to to uh to listen to while writing the book and then i was like hey wouldn't it be fun if like people like listen to this when they read along to it and then people fucking went wild for it Honestly, that that is a dope ass playlist. I've pl- I played it during uh, going to the gym. I've even played it just while reading comics. Yeah. Uh, I've even played it while soups. I have been replaying Ultimate <laughs> Spider Man on yeah. uh, Xbox 360, and I was just playing yeah. <laughs> that playlist the entire time. It's not a Spider Punk uh, game, but just good ass playlist. Like I already liked punk music, oh, but like too. it felt like a whole deep dive on that whole whole yeah. entirety as a genre. I know you touched a little bit yeah. about how like you getting on Spider Punk came about. Um, would you say Spider Punk was like a really special experience for you to hop on, especially being a black kid who loved punk and who played in, in bands and everything like that? Yeah, one thousand percent. Like, um, it's one of those things where, like, at that point, like Hobie hasn't appeared in that much stuff. Like, he was in you know, some some of the Spider Verse stuff and a couple of like really cool um, like short short story backups and stuff. But like, he hadn't like you truly haven't doesn't see really what his world is like so like we really lucked out in that they gave us truly carte blanche to do anything that we wanted to like we could do anything we wanted to with earth one 138 so like um it's also was like a perfect storm of like me being into it and then justin mason's <clears throat> the artist his art style fitting it just like perfectly like when I, i've never had that much fun truly like writing a book just because we we'd always be texting like hey jason what if we did this he's also a huge um anime and manga fan so like hey justin what if we put have you seen this um page from dragon ball super manga no but that's cool let's do this so there's a lot of that and then also like the designs were just his designs are just so fucking cool like i remember um we were talking about the designs for their that version daredevil this um colombian um girl uh colombian american girl matea uh, murdoch is the, the the character but like talking about like how it'd be cool to like if you use your drumsticks to like use your echolocation and just like so much fun writing that book like and they let us get away with 
so much stuff that we couldn't do in like a a, a bigger book or like a, a book with a, a a more well-known character so like it was just like it was the most fun i ever had writing a book and like getting that done i think marvel enjoying that is what led to them um offering me the miles i think that was like sort of like the test run is that like we're gonna see what this guy can do and if it turns out well we'll give him a shot at miles and like i think it <clears throat> turned out you know turned out pretty good and like we had like a lot of fun making it and i think that sort of enthusiasm just sort of um sort of spread on the sh on the through the pages um also i got to give a shout out to the colorist for that book jim charlin pudis charlin pedis was like the colorist for that book and it's like it's still to me like one of the coolest colored books i've seen like i just the colors are just so weird and crazy and like i don't know what the fuck jim was smoking but like he just had so much fun coloring that book and like i was looking at pages the other day i'm like this is just like such a wild swing to like color a book this way it's just like some cool stuff he just did some really everyone in that book was having a lot of fun do you ever really just find yourself looking at the book being like wow i worked on this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, who, who wrote this again oh it was me oh okay yeah. <laughs> hey i was cooking <laughs> so what you Okay, so Hobie didn't have much of a voice because um, he showed up in a couple of different places. So what was it like finding Hobie's voice on your time on Spider-Punk and then also going into Spider-Punk 2? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, I think I got like probably like 20, 25, 20 to 25% of the DNA from this really cool short story that Jed McKay did. Um, it was just, I, mean, I think that's the one that like really introduced um, Captain Anarchy and like Norman Osborn, which is who I ended up being the big bad for that but like that gave like a little bit of the juice and then um a lot of it was also like kind of similar to like how i interact with my friends and like i wanted it to be um up until that point spider punk had always been you know sort of had like a chip on his shoulder like he was sort of a sort of a curmudgeon um so i think it'd be i thought it'd have been fun to see how he interacts in his own universe where like he's probably like you know, not as dour. He's probably like a little bit, he's probably like a little bit more of a happy camper. Like he still has an edge to him, but like, it's fun seeing him like interact with like Miss Marvel and, and Captain Anarchy and, and Riot Heart and be like, Oh, he's like a fanboy of himself. Like he's, he's a guy that's really into like the idea of being like the punk themed Spider-Man, which I thought was really fun. And like, he's really into like the spider, like all of it. Like I just think the enthusiasm, like you, I don't think you I think it was fun adding the like sort of wild eyed enthusiasm for 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 Hobie like he's the one that's like super stoked on the idea of going on tour to like go kill the president like all that, all that stuff was like just so fun to write and like sort of finding out how each person in the spider band their dynamics sort of like um works within that world like me and Justin ended up landing on Miss Marvel being like the 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 glue that holds the band the better like the band together like everyone loves kamala like there's no point in the band where anyone will ever have beef with her so like it was just fun like sort of fleshing those stuff out but like i think the big thing i added was just like giving like a little bit more enthusiasm i think for life for for hobie um which you know because he had appeared so little and he hadn't, he hadn't had time to like sort of gestate in his own comic which is uh, i think a pretty freeing thing to have is there a way to describe how it must feel being able to add to the lore of these monumentous characters? Like Spider-Punk oh, is on his way to become a really big character because of the movie and also because of the first book and also Spider-Punk 2 that you're working on and everything. Mm -hmm. And also Miles is also already has become a really big character. 
So what does it feel like having that pen in your hands and being like, wow, damn, I'm really adding to the lore of these like big characters. Definitely surreal. I mean, uh, um, like I said, like I, um, I had the first issue of miles that I bought like 12 years ago is bag and boarded. And I've, uh, kept it on every single workspace I've ever worked at. I've always had it like above my desk, no matter where I've been, whether it's in college or undergrad or just like at my, my apartment before I moved to LA, like I've always had it around. So like, it's really kind of crazy to come home and see like, like miles number one next to like Bendis's number one next to like mile, mile, my number one is just very weird, very surreal um, feeling. What is your dream character that you'd like to work on? Oh man, dream character. I mean, it sucks. I mean, it doesn't suck. I mean, Miles was like the dream character. Like that's the one I always wanted to do. But so like Miles was like the one, like after that, like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of tired. I mean, I love Deadpool. Like Deadpool would be really cool. Like to get like a, a Deadpool thing going on would be pretty awesome. Um, like I said, like I read literally every single issue that he appeared in when I was in college and too poor to buy comics. Um, other than that, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Those are the only two, like truly like those, are the like, those are the ones like miles was like the big one. Like I got to work to miles and then like you get it like, Oh crap. Now I got to actually deliver and hope these, <laughs> I hope I get some good books. Um, miles and Deadpool, like, I don't know, maybe cool to do like, um, I wouldn't mind doing like a, um, like a, uh, a, a blue Marvel thing. Like I really like that character a lot. Like I wouldn't mind doing something with, um, with blue Marvel. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I think blue Marvel would be cool to really look into. No, thinking about it. Oh yeah, there's so many different possibilities you could possibly do with Blue Marvel. Yeah, he's a fun character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are some current or upcoming projects that you're working on right now? Um, you know, Miles is always going on. Definitely Spider Punk Two. I think that comes out in February, and then I think end of next year. There's not like a hard date. I think it's like Q4 is what people call it, but. Um, I got a a graphic novel called Goobers coming out on um, Vault from Vault. So um, I just got some art in for the first issue today um, by this really cool artist named Ryan Lee. And it's really fun. It's not superior stuff. It's like a horror comedy, um, which has been fun to write some different stuff like that. So like check those out. Those are the main things. And, you know, Futurama, Futurama, uh, I can't remember what the new season was called. We called it. I think eight, I think on Hulu was like 11, but the next season of that comes out, I, I'm guessing next year. So check those things out. Okay, cool. Well, Soups, we are here. We sat down with the Cody Ziggler. <laughs> so be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturday PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. Oh, and I'm Cody Ziggler. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, Cody, where can the, where can the soups find you, Cody? Uh, you know, check me out on Instagram at Yay for Zig. That's where I got uh, post. I mean, you, if you follow me, you see it's mostly art, but that's where I, I'm usually at these days. All right. Uh, well, as always, soups. See you next Saturday. <laughs>